thousand years ago, Jesus told parables, stories, because every day I experience the world and brought them along and said, eternal truths so that people could understand the truth. And he was trying to teach about God's kingdom and his kingdom. Well, I think, I think in a Jesus with you, though, you might say something like this. Well, I don't think I needed to know about life. I learned on the ball back then. Now, some might say, well, I see that. Okay. Well, I don't know about life. I don't know about you can study through rules if you want. If you want to play baseball. And in the middle of the league, a simple game of baseball, and you can the rules, they'll call you out. If you want to work, they'll call you out completely. Um, but also, if you find out they're real helpless, the fact that you follow God is in our moral distinction until we let Jesus, until we recognize that Jesus is more important than everything else, and we love him more than everything else. So everything that we go after, everything that we might consider to be uh, a rival, everything that we act like uh, is something that might meet our needs and better than Jesus. Then uh, we'll call those foul balls. Okay, let's just call them like the Bible calls them. We'll call them idols. Those are idols. Those things that we love more than Jesus, and we are powerless to satisfy our deepest needs. So today, sometimes we do the same thing in the middle, sometimes we do it in the beginning, but today we're going to do it. Relationship, fiscal, 
world politics and world dominance. The other option is to be a liberal, to be a doormat, and that's what the Spaniards did with them. It's easy to see that the East of Spain was only for dominance. Right? And the reason why they said, when you do this, get God. I don't think you might say that. They weren't going to be born out. Four times. 
the whole basis of this whole thing that we're talking about in terms of relating to other people. So to relate to other people in a completely different way to give them dignity and return dignity for yourself. The first thing you need to understand is that you are a real love child of God. And that He gave you the power to live in love. And that He expressed that love in Jesus who loved us enough to give Himself for us. So the, the foundation for our relationships starts on first base. If you don't love Jesus and know that He loves you from first base, the rest of your relationship on second base is where we're at. I don't have difficulty. Struggle. Now, this sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Whoever wants to be raised a human needs to be a servant. Whoever wants to be first must be a slave. Son of man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to please and to save and to give his life as a ransom. Oh, because God generally loves children. The life of love. Same principle. And it's all on the same basis, the same foundation. Christ loves you enough to die for you. Jesus said, Love as I've loved you. So, how does that work in practice? It's a good thing to We're about to get a passage of. Christians to see for this whole thing. So, and it's on your, it's on your own card. If you want to, you want to read it from your own card because it's coming next month. Now, the, the first, the first few lines of here are important, but they might be too important by some of you to read them fast. And you might even have a phone with the battery. That's the important part. That's the effect. But he filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to the God the Father for each other. What are we supposed to be thankful for? Each other. Yeah, even them. Really good job, even then. Even this is nothing to you. We thank you for each other in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, I want to stop and explain. I'm using the translation I don't often use when I'm preaching. I usually use the NIV, the New International Version, as the Bible that are right there in the book rack. We're not using that because they really mess this thing up. And I don't mind telling you, I think so. You notice in this one, in the New English translation, this is all one sentence. Starting with verse 18 and going all the way to verse 20, it's one sentence. He filled with the Spirit, and this is the truth of 
the things you do when you're filled with the Spirit. You're going to be speaking to one another in songs, hymns, and spiritual thoughts. You're going to be pointing people to Jesus and pointing out how good He is and encouraging them. And you're going to be praying. And you're going to be making music in your heart for the Lord. And you're going to always give thanks for each other. And it's meant to live to each other. When Paul wrote this, it was all one sentence. And the reason I didn't use the one ID, they not only did it more than one sentence. They took this last phrase, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, turned it into a single sentence, and put that something in between it. If you want to know, I'm mad at it. Because I think they missed the point. When John says, I put five words in bold print. Be filled by the Spirit. What we're going to talk about in terms of relating to each other this way in dignity and love can only be accomplished with God working in us and through us. Even really nice people can pull this off. And for the person who just thought, well, that just says you're grumpy. No, it's not just that I'm grumpy. But I know the rest of myself, I'm going to make a mistake. And if you haven't figured that out for yourself yet, I'll be going to tell you. You will make a mistake. You will not get this right. Not by yourself. You guys see the family when we are to relate to each other. These are three really important words. The first two are very important. Mutual, voluntary, submission. It's mutual. We submit to each other. And we're all saying that we're out of power because we're stuck with our broken world's mentality. Things are dominated, dominated, you know, dominating or dominated. They're either the one side or the one who seems after all, right? How does that work? How can two people submit to each other? But as soon as we hear that word submit, we think that the word is not going to be lost. Here, this is why I'm telling you, you need the Holy Spirit to get this and do this. If left to ourselves, we're either going to try to be in charge or we're going to let other people be in charge of our lives. And that's not the way it works. God's in the family, we submit to each other, and it's voluntary. You can't let me submit, trust me. I can be very frustrated. So can you, those people in our earth, and none of us. Yeah, my, my 
looking for rides on the bus. He wants to be walked around and be a doormat. Right? Mutual voluntary submission. How does this work? Well, we're going to look at three applications, three principles, and three applications. The first one comes from one pastor says that this passage of scripture is highlighted in every Christian's Bible. In the woman's Bible, it's highlighted with a permanent black marker. And in the men's Bible, it's highlighted with a bright yellow, circled in red. Before we go there, I want to help you understand this mutual voluntary submission. We're called to live in love the way Christ loves us. He loves us and asks what we need is need my need. Love asks, what can I do to need your need? Relationships in God's kingdom. And that human family should be like two hundred percent relationship. Even if I'm speaking to a lot, okay? Because I didn't want to do a real heavy math. Two people involved in the relationship, those two people mutually submitting to one another, should be a two hundred percent relationship where each one of them is giving a hundred percent to meet the other person's needs. What can I do to serve you? Is the first question for both people. That's exactly right. It's not natural, and that's why you need to be filled with all this stuff. If you come away from this, I don't care if you forget the sermon in the text. Don't go, don't forget this part. Be filled with the Spirit, by the Spirit. Be filled by the Spirit. So how does that work in our everyday relationship? Well, here we go. How do we do this? Whoa! Ready? That was it. Oh. That was it. That was the last time I remember that. I decided I wasn't going to put it on the screen. You know, in the Bible, God will be looking back at you and say, you were going to be here. Um, here, here we go, Scott. Dr. Reed, Ephesians 5, 21 to 33. There's two things I want to point out about this. Well, I talked about the highlight, okay? But there's two things I want to talk to you about. Our, the state of the tradition has tended to overemphasize the small this passage. And I'm the fact the largest part. I can say that because I'm a man. And the largest part of this passage is addressed to me. And all the other guys. This the short part. Wives submit to your husband as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, and God is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body. 
point that he really quick. He usually says this to Satan. Thank you. 
love himself. For no one has ever healed his own body, but he seems to take care of it. Healthy people, right? Some of us were already thinking of this question, but I'm going to say not Okay. How can people take care of themselves? Just the things that they say themselves, and if Christ is not for the church, we're all members of his body. If he takes care of us, for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and will be joined with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is great. In so many ways, I love that. This mystery is great. But it's huge. It's also great. I'm actually speaking with reference to Christ in the church. Nevertheless, each of you must also love his own life as he loves himself. And that's what you expect to have. The husband to his wife, and how does the wife commit to her husband? How do they have that mutual voluntary submission? He loves her the way Jesus loves both of them, and she respects him. Jesus loves her the way
many years ago, but it's happened over and over. But this one is stuck in my mind. I went to work. He was a nurse. He was working a hospital too. And I was a specialty teacher. I was just a nurse. I was short on nurses, so she went out. And she was there on Friday, and she was talking to one of the other nurses, asked her what was going on for the weekend, and she told her what her plans were. And I was back on Monday, so it was just now. And so I was just out of your weekend. Is it that good, bad, or bad, or bad? Okay. What? You actually remember what I said? It's what you said. Thank you. 